So we're sitting here in Nika's bedroom in Berlin, and we got me, Leo, and Nika. Hey, guys. <laughs> Nika is one of my favorite people, but she's originally a friend of Leo's, and he introduced me to her. Who is Nika to you, Leo? Um, who is Nika to me? Uh, <laughs> Nika and I know each other for a really long time, actually. Yeah. But more in a peripheral way. But that that goes for something. If you've known each other, I know we've known like of each other. Like if you've been aware of each other for <laughs> many years, I would say that until I be, you and I have spoken to each other maybe five times. Yeah, and it was always in a very, uh, I know this person has been at my school for ages type way. I can ask them. If I would the say even less. Or yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it wasn't until after the IB when both of us were at the same university for a little bit of time that we started to hang out outside of a academic setting. Yeah. Yeah. I remember springing my like math trauma onto you, like yeah. <laughs> handing in like a math paper. And- also part of it was because we were both at, we were both new students after our gap year yeah. coming back to Berlin at the TU, which both, which I think was kind of alienating to us, not just because of our personalities, but also because we came from this very international social school, had a year of socializing with people from all over the place. And then we came to the Teu in a city familiar to us, but with this kind of unfamiliar type of person who also went there. And I think mm. we were kind of an anchor for both of us in those Yeah, for sure. Months. For sure. How did we start talking? I think I, I have no memory. I remember going to the introduction day for that year with you. And that was the first one, the first day of the semester, yeah. Yeah. the two of us went. And I think it was just, we both knew that we were going to be there and we thought, let's just hang out. And then it kind of turned into getting coffee practically every day for yeah. a while. Yeah. That was good times. It's also not the most exciting based on the context no like but i think that that one good thing undersells the extent to which we knew each other in ib because we were friends in a way we had art class together we were joking around remember yeah no you're right where we had to like turn in all we had dance battles we had dance battles you have to turn in all your clothes no not turn them in we had to like turn them inside out and so we would i just remember that day like a statement it was like a fashion revolution <laughs> or was it for spirit week <laughs> no oh yeah no i don't think it was i think it was just like a weird eco day like yeah turn them around because then you can see the tag and yes see where it's from yes and, exactly uh, where it was you're, you're like um and blusing yourself like you're yeah. <laughs> showing everybody <laughs> like, <laughs> like you're not sustainable and that's that's the eco part of it yeah. yeah so right so we've known of each other for a long time and we've been friends for i don't know how long but it's kind of hard to define Let's a couple years though now yeah. i feel like yeah we're... good friends yeah but yeah and then i introduced the two of you almost a year ago no yeah. a little more than a year ago yeah when adrian came at to Berlin. High. yeah at Vinal high yeah mm-hmm. and it's been great since these are paul leo has 
a topic, a thing. I have a topic, but why don't we do like the how are you thing first? Oh, yeah. Before we get into okay. that. Um, I could lead us. Um, in questioning or in answering? In questioning. Hadrian, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. <laughs> um, <laughs> I... I, f- I really feel like I'm living in this like parallel universe and especially cause I've been staying up to like five every day where like there's nobody around. I mean, you, j- you just got here on Saturday. Like that's insane. Yeah. Um, but it, I'm just like super glad to be here and I feel like the energy of being here keeps me awake and motivated and just like happy, even if I'm not really like eating or sleeping very much. Nice. Um, well, I brought you apples. And thank you. Yeah. Waffles. So. <laughs> Leo, what's that look? <laughs> I'm just, I don't know. I, I'm just, it's a look of uh, gratitude for sitting. <laughs> no, I'm saying that because the last, I don't know, eight weeks or so, our relationship has been mm. via WhatsApp text messages and voice messages. And to now sit here and this idea of you coming for four days has now you know, materialized into you sitting here. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's what the look was. Okay. I I guess I read cynicism into every look that you make. (laughs) I get that sense. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'm wrong. Um, Leo, how are you? I'm pretty good. Uh, As you know, now I've had kind of a rough night, which I don't like because I, you know, I try to get a good eight hours of sleep (laughs) whenever I can. So I'm a little bit shaky the next morning. But I'd say I'm good. I'm a little sad that my time here, my 10 days are coming to an end Mm. within, I don't know, 72 hours. So um, it's like this realization of leaving Berlin is kicking in a little bit. And I can kind of feel myself slipping into that uh, feeling of the first hour sitting on the train, leaving Berlin, knowing that you have six hours ahead of you and going (laughs) back to this life that is very different from the one that I have here, not better or worse per Mm -hmm. se but just mm, my life revolves around different things there and uh i always love to be here so it's just a shame that i won't be able to say that in five Mm. days yeah it's got to come to an end it does yeah i Uh, always love when you come here and you have this good (laughs) good vibes about berlin (laughs) yeah and i know that i'm going to be back here soon enough and um you really lucked out with the quarter system of like yeah it's frequent enough that you're kind of like around Berlin a good amount. Yeah, yeah. although I'm a little too blasé because I have an exam on Friday that I didn't do any studying for it. <laughs> so I'm just banking on me getting it together on the train. <laughs> yeah, six hours. There yeah. you go. Man. But we'll see. Yeah. How are you? Um, I'm pretty good. Now, I had a weird morning. I had a weird evening, and that often for me drags into the morning. And I... I don't know. I feel like when I was a kid, I feel like you go to sleep and you know when you wake up, everything's going to be fine and that doesn't work anymore. So I go to bed weird and then I wake up. And is it instantly weird. when you wake up that you feel weird or is it like you, the, it hits whatever was on before after a little bit? It, it's kind of in between, like it kind of rises up. Like as I'm waking up, I'm like, it's almost like a physical feeling. Like, oh. Here I come. Mm. Um, but but going about life and reminding myself of all of the structures in my life uh, was really great. 
So spent some good quality time with my physics people today. The structures in your life, like support structures, people. Yeah, routine, university, um, things I know. Getting on the S bahn, going to university, mm-hmm. getting homework explained to me. This kind of stuff. That's yeah. Solid. Yeah, so it's up and down. It's been up and down a lot, but it's it's okay. I'm learning to embrace that. I feel like I'm becoming very like Zen master. Like <laughs> you're gonna transcend one of these days. Oh my god! To talk to anymore. <laughs> oh my god! Just like any emotion that hits me, I can just like flow through it. I was. This is somehow related, and it kind of takes us away from speaking about how mm-hmm. we are, but. Remember that website that I shared with you guys that had all those articles about... I still go on that website. Okay, great. Is this like the the history of thoughts or whatever? Yeah. There was one about Sappho and how there's more eroticism in Greek literature than in any pornography today. (laughs) That was a fantastic (laughs) one. I love that article. Uh, And then I read one yesterday. I want to read that. I missed out on that one. Also, yesterday... Just a quick tangent. Um, my roommate brought a CD home that's like the raunchiest parts of the Bible read out loud. <laughs> <laughs> really, I feel like I need to need to give that a listen. But sorry. Uh, and this one was about Buddhist metaphysics. And I, I saw that article. Okay, I haven't finished it. Did you, did you start it? No. no. But it was the interesting part. Sorry. Interesting <laughs> <laughs> <just> like job. <laughs> uh, I've heard the word metaphysics too much in the past. Okay. Yeah. Eighteen hours. Um. <laughs> it Long night. was about how <laughs> I'm not going to be able to quote this in a way that you know is representative of what the article or the author was saying, but how we should see, or maybe we can train ourselves to see a piece of paper as a cloud. And the story was that a cloud is. Henry <laughs> Jenner. Sorry, I can't take you seriously. <laughs> I'm gonna have some tea and go focus on something. Wait, wait, wait! We gotta wait because of the ASMR of the oh, the point. No, it's fine. gonna be a serious sound. Like okay. we need to give it a space. Okay. Yeah. A cloud. <laughs> without a cloud, there's no rain. Without rain, there's no trees. Without a tree, there's no wood. Without a wood, there's no paper. Oh, that was the that was the gist of it. Okay. And reading that was incredibly calming, and I think it kind of plays into your Zen. Uh, nature at the moment I actually really like that yeah I guess yeah just we're gonna move away from this in a sec but but it feels like seeing everything in its um like cyclical yeah and it's like full yeah 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 Yeah, like like you said without a cloud there's no rain so when you see rain you can I mean that's a lot of energy (laughs) every time you look at the rain you're like oh Glad there's paper. Right. But this extends to everything. I mean, no, you sure, could sure. say the same with that table or even immaterial things. Like yeah. the people that have existed before us have informed the world that is around us, which means that they have left an impact on us. And uh, one person in this trio is incredibly dense right <laughs> but, now. but Adrian, here, let me, let no, me take just this. Just write it out. Write it out. Um, it's a nice, I feel like the only thing that, that I'm taking away from this is like, that's such a nice thing to meditate on in those moments of like, um, you know, the moments we we're talking about where you're not doing anything, mm. right? Like, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> you you feel me, yeah, you feel totally. me, right? Like those, those um, dead is the wrong word, but like passive moments when your brain is just gets to float. Yeah. Maybe those are the yeah, alive ones, that. not the dead ones. Yeah, yeah, dead was the wrong word. Well, yeah, I think you're too far from the mic. 
All right, let me scooch in. Let's scooch in. <laughs> Come on, got to maintain the triangle. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Okay. That was. <laughs> that was okay. I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm. I agree with what you're saying. I'm just maybe not thinking. I'm not like rested enough to have like creative thoughts in response to it. Sure. Mm. Sure. Maybe some tea will help. Maybe yeah. some tea will help. Okay, let's do Our that. Official tea break. Yeah. I was thinking about the um, the concept of like Kaffeeklatsch yeah. in German because when I was thinking about your podcast, I was like, what is this format, you know? Okay. Not that this would be a good word because it connotes, connotes I don't know, we had this. Like, Isn't it like, kind of like this feminine gossip connotation? Exactly. Which is like, More like even grandma's gossiping. So yeah. Definitely not the right connotation. But I like this. I like that it's like a cultural like a concept in language, like that we have a word for it. Yeah, what is the word for gossip, but minus like the negative and somewhat sexist connotation? With like, public clutch? No, gossip. Yeah, like in English, like There's, shooting the shit, but sort of. Oh, like quatschen in German? Like you're kind of just having a chat? Yeah. I don't know, but this is not that related, but I think the way that Kaffee clutch has this uh, cafe discourse uh, relationship, I mean, to the word. You know, mm. you picture grandmas sitting in some old German uh, cafe with, like, Apfelstrude and a coffee. Yeah. That reminds me of when we went to Palestine, those tea places with those guys that were playing cards. Yeah. As if that's, yeah, like, it's like a, a cultural, it's... a culturally different version of that. Yeah, yeah. I think we have to translate cafe clutch maybe okay just cafe is coffee so the obvious and clutch is like a i wouldn't even know how to translate that well one of the words it's like an onomatopoeia for like a slap yeah but otherwise also um but maybe a word for like gossip or something yeah. like uh i always think of clutch in the relationship to like magazines exactly yeah. exactly like so yeah type magazines. so it is a very gossip it has yeah. the gossipy connotation okay good to take that apart so maybe not the right direction mm. for the name. Okay, so we know how the three of us are feeling. Mm -hmm. um, we know what the Zen nature, and if it's something we want to, <laughs> you know, uh, embrace in our lives. We talked about that for a little bit. Uh, I was talking to Adrian before this, or I, we were the three of us were talking about this actually about how there's something that I want to talk about on the podcast, yeah. but I didn't want to yeah. lay it on you before so that yeah. you had time to think. Uh, and I told Adrian when you were out of the room, and there might not be that much to say about this just because you and I have talked about it quite a bit. Uh, and I don't know if it's something that I have a strong opinion on or if I've even come to grips with it yet. Mm -hmm. But I thought it was, or I think it's worth talking about how you and I in the context of our school and in the context of the people around our lives are kind of unique in the sense that we grew up here. We spent a lot of our lives here, if not all of it, yet we're half American and half German and what that has had for implications on our identity in Berlin, our uh, self-perception and the way we're perceived by others in the States and just in general, this kind of life of being half this, half that, but not full anything. Mm. Yeah. It's funny because I feel like we spend so much time around other people that have a similar story that True. it doesn't feel like a novelty or like something that's worth 
discussing like it almost feels like our story is the more like tame one yeah, you know absolutely. we're not stuck yeah. between like five countries just two yeah but no for sure and i think it um it's insane maybe a couple of years ago more than now how much it was a topic for me like dealing with this thought like who am i what culture do i belong to where do i want to live where do i want to study why don't i feel at home here or here or like even why like having a less than like intimate relation to my family mm -hmm. because you just don't get a chance to see them so much totally like those are kind of all the levels i also when i was thinking about this the other day i was thinking about how i vote in the states and i vote here mm. but in neither situations do i really feel like i have much of it doesn't really mean that much to me because I have two different places where I vote. So and you always have a backup plan that you could... Yeah, but it's not just that. It's almost as if my vote means less than the, a vote by someone who is fully German or fully American, which is I know yeah. is an irrational thought, mm -hmm. but just because I kind of feel like an imposter in my own country, yeah, I feel like the vote that I get as a right is kind of a... At like a pseudo vote it's like worth half a vote yeah exactly but then i wonder adrian how do you feel being full american i know you didn't live there your whole life but i do feel like the states does a pretty like from an outside perspective not having grown up there does a pretty good job of like um integrating like patriotism into like childhood up to like adulthood education and just generally like all the sports events all the stuff it always feels like there's a big a big part of it is like yeah yeah i think that's right i, I think it's ridiculous like maybe it's a good sense that it creates like a an identity that anyone can kind of cling on to but like something i was thinking about recently is for our men's lacrosse team at my school mm -hmm. they they obviously have like their for their gear, like their names and their team, I guess. And then they get the American flag on the back. Mm. Mm. I was just like, why, what, what does that have to do with what you're doing? That's irrelevant that you're in America. Why not get the Massachusetts flag if you want a place? Right. Like, or people, you see this a lot, like people who put the, the flag in their room. And I just think it's like the most bland way to define yourself is this like giant national association that says nothing about you at all. Like, how can you? How can that be your room decoration? What does that say about you? Yeah, I used to have one of them in my room. Big American flag. Me too. But I think for us, like, I don't know. I was gonna say something about this, but just really quick, like a tangent. Growing up here, being American for me felt like the coolest thing ever. Like it set me apart, and 100%. therefore, like, yeah, I had a flag. Like, we spoke a lot of English, you know, during puberty and stuff when it was really important to define yourself, like outwardly. Um, and it was also maybe still a time less, um, more than now where America was like, a or the U S was a, like, a this had this image that mm -hmm. people yeah. obsessed over, like mm -hmm. that with the movies and the TV shows and the music, the food, the food, and that's just yeah. the iconography of the flag. Yeah. I mean, the flag means yeah. something in a way that the Bangladeshi flag doesn't or the Egyptian flag doesn't or whatever. But I, well, I'm not I get sure it to, about that. No, but... I think the American flag has a cross-cultural meaning where people in Sweden are wearing pants 
that has so it's, it's like, like the, more it's of a symbol. similar to the Union Jack though maybe like yeah but yeah, but sure. I feel like isn't that just like Western um, cultural like I I forget the word but Hegemony. like yes that <laughs> <laughs> like isn't that just that this like our generation grew up and maybe the generation prior to us as well like with this insane like presence of Western Anglophone like culture pop culture. Um, yeah i don't know it's it's it almost feels like a conspiracy to me like who you know 50 years ago sat down in a room and was like we're gonna make our country the most like culturally influential country in the world mm. 50 years ago i don't know 100, Try 150. yeah i don't know man i don't know but it, it feels like the the extent of it is so insane and maybe also because it's such a huge country like that there's this national identity. Like, Germany doesn't even get a national identity and we're, like, a small-ass country. Like, even with here, the states and, like, local areas, are, I think there's much more identity relating to that than to the country. I don't know. I feel like your clear-ish conception of American identity, though, is only because you spend most of your time outside of it. That's Because once I'm inside, I'd never think of, like, oh, that's so American. I'll be like, oh, that's, you know, that's, like, a Boston working-class thing or a, Kansas City middle class. Like yeah, you're right. It's like yeah. broken down in all these little ways. But going back to what you said earlier, like, mm. of course, it makes sense that you guys loved American flags in middle school or in going through puberty because you're defining yourself like against wherever you are. Mm-hmm. It's like the other. And I, I feel that way right now. Of, like when I'm in America, I'm the guy that likes Germany and wants to move to Berlin and has this love for the city. And as soon as I get to Berlin, like I'm on the subway like that's irrelevant like i'm here among other people who want to be here yeah. and that's you can't define yourself in a way that is the same as everyone else or i guess you could but i don't want to do that well but here no but here the the role that you take is not um different from anyone like here you're one of many americans or whatever that wants to you know move to berlin and start that we were talking yeah. about that like just half an hour ago um yeah i I'm somehow like very critical of that. Like I hate other Americans in Berlin, <laughs> especially course. ones who are like my age and like who moved here and made it. But I've, I was thinking last night that like maybe I should accept them more because it's like kind of what I'm doing too. Like I can't hate them and then want to do it myself. It's very hypocritical. Yeah. Don't, I mean, don't you just hate them because each one you're confronted with like reduces your, the feeling of importance that you have doing what you're doing. Usually. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that is reflected as soon as you're in the U.S., you're the only one. Um, and I guess we have the benefit of having that a little bit in each country. Yeah, you can always define yourself on the opposite side. Yeah, yeah. When I moved to New York, I was like insanely German all of a sudden. Yeah, but I don't think it's a choice. Like you say, we can define ourselves by the opposite side. But mm. it's when I go to the States, I'm perceived as the German. And when I'm here, I'm perceived as an American. But couldn't you present yourself as a Minnesota boy? No. No. Well, yeah, I could. But there isn't, there's like and lacking. I do. But I'm talking about my family, not really people on the street. People on the street see me and they assume because I'm in Minneapolis that I'm from Minneapolis. But my family, there's a little bit of, I don't know, it's kind of hard to pinpoint. And maybe it's not so much my family as it is family, friends, and kind of friends in the States where you're seen as the other Mm -hmm. in a way that is a little bit uh, 
exclusive. Like you're, is it exclusionary? Like, yeah. You know yes, what I mean? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Not exclusive, but or maybe that exclusive. even translates. <laughs> no, I I totally know what you mean. I totally. Know and it's the mean. same here, just the other way around, where I think people discredit my German side because they know they kind of round up the 50% American, you know, instead of rounding up. See, that, that's the one I think is less legit though, because your whole life was here and you speak the language basically perfectly. Like you're. Yeah. But that's also, no, I mean, this is specific to, to you that you also chose to yeah. distance yourself a bit more than for example, me, like I chose, I, I don't know how much I chose, but I, I still live here and I, my German has like improved insanely and still i feel in conversation with like native native speakers sometimes this awkwardness totally. but i know how i felt right after i'd be with my german and i can imagine that that's still how you feel yeah yeah just because you haven't had that like like conscious integration like mm -hmm. yeah totally uh sometimes it can be a little hard to navigate and one of those moments was actually at your dance class when we had to pair up with another person mm. before I even spoke to her. I was kind of like, Oh God, like this is another one of those situations where if I say the wrong thing, I may ex be exposing myself as not a full German, yeah. which is kind of a ridiculous and irrational like, thing. Where, where did the moral value in you exposing yourself as a bad thing come from? Because I think that once you, once the other person recognizes that you are, it's not so much that they recognize that you're half something else. It's more the, once they understand that I've lived here for such a long time, have been in Germany, have a German dad, whatever. And yet I still have like this uh, push and pull with Germany and I may forget a word every once in a while, or I would rather speak English or what have you that they don't get it and perceive me to be lazy and uh, someone who rejects German culture. So it's that they aren't empathetic to your mixed experience and they just view it as less than because... Kind of. But of course, that's also me projecting to an extent where I'm like, oh, yeah. they're going to see me this way. But I do think that it's fair and... Or it's fair sometimes. And a lot of times I think that people don't really get how un-German my upbringing here was. Berlin is really like an enclave that it's, I mean, it's German by definition, but you can choose to live your life here without ever having to speak German, without ever having to embrace German culture or anything. And we went to an extremely international school yeah, where we us, spoke English really, all the time. Yeah, I spoke English with my friends outside of school. I spoke English at home. So it's a little bit of like this, it's as almost like, my life was in an embassy in another place. But but that's exactly why this whole concept of like the TCK was um, not invented. I don't know, whatever. Um, invented. Invented? Point. Point. Yeah. No, but, but because that that's exactly the, the experience that that defines, no? Even though that we, we were in the same place, we still had this experience of this kind of weird, like, microcosm that exists in a very small way in a city, but exists across, almost across the world, I would say, mm -hmm. and is connected in that sense, specifically also through people moving place, like, every two years, every five years, you know, based on their parents' jobs or whatever, and... 
Um, I mean, I, I still find it insane how strongly I'll identify with someone that I've never met before, uh, that I, that I, where we grew up in an entirely different country, but we both did IB or something, you totally. know? And that to me is like so much, yeah, I, 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 I there's an immediate, um, like language that we're able to communicate on that I do not have, or I'm starting to build up now, like in Germany with German, German people. Mm. <laughs> Um, it, I'm almost surprised you don't have more of that in the Netherlands. Like, I yeah. visited a, a Lucy friend in um, fuck in the Hague, and I spent Thanksgiving with her. <laughs> Did you just say a Lucy? Friend? Yeah, I was going to say a friend. <laughs> a friend. <laughs> okay, don't make it awkward if we're using pseudonym. <laughs> I thought it was smooth, but okay, <laughs> it's very much not. <laughs> Sounded like this was some adjective describing. A Lucy, like yeah, a Lucy, a Lucy Goosey. Goosey. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's like all her. I, I spent Thanksgiving with her, and we had maybe fifteen people over, and it felt like eighty percent of them were these kind of TCK people who lived in international schools or went to international schools, spoke perfect English, but didn't really fit into one box easily. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was amazing. It was cool. Like, everyone was so interesting. And I was like, wow, this would be an amazing place to go to school. So I'm surprised they don't have that in Groningen. No, it's not that they don't have it. It's just that I think because of my international school experience, that's all I knew going to middle school, high school. It was all one. That's the other thing. We never were forced to go exactly. to another place. We yeah. were in like the same freaking school for like 13 years. Yeah. That's a, you know. But it's made me kind of jaded when it comes to these international types. So... <laughs> Unless I feel like we're gonna insult something. Yeah, we probably are. I probably am. <laughs> <laughs> Unless the person did I be, which is something I identify with a hundred percent, and I think that there is this intangible uh, connection that you have with people that did that, just because it. No. Yeah, and it sounds extremely pretentious, but I I can't explain it. It's more with people that went. It's a shared culture. It's like if you grow up in the same country. Yeah, exactly. I think it's yeah. like you can translate it like eins zu eins. Yeah. Or I'm sure people who do the Iron Man identify with oh, others yeah. who did the Iron Man. It's the same thing. Yeah. But, any, any little subculture. Yeah. Yeah. But the people who I meet in Groningen who are international people went to a regular school in whatever country they went to and then just came here, right? So by definition, they're international, but they mm. may not have done an international high school or gone to an international right. high school or gotten that experience. So I find it hard to really find a connection with these people that on paper may also be a TCK, but... But I don't think that's that's not a TCK. If yeah, you I grew guess up not. in they're one like country. Okay, on paper, it, it, they they're, are what you're describing. Yeah, but they're, they're like low grade international people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, guys. <laughs> okay, so you, um, you only want the creme de la creme. Okay, your no, words, but, not mine. But I can't relate you're to that, that actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't relate to that because I I don't know. I like when I moved to New York, for example. I realized I ended up having all of these friends i ended up still like it was a similar experience that by just alone the fact that people from one country had chosen to move to another country and that mindset i related to hmm. even though they were people that had lived you know year zero to 20 in their home country hmm. are you talking about new york or the table? when when i moved to new york okay. but also i also at the think table, that's yeah. kind of different because 
psychologically, you're leaving your home country. You're going there. You're spending a certain amount of time there. I think your mind is just more open to that. Sure. Whereas in a college setting where you, or not even a college setting, but in a place where that's familiar to you, where you know you're going to spend three years, where it's there's less of a degree of excitement. I think it's a little different sure. in the way that you see people and the way that you connect with them. Yeah. I, I just had the thought that I actually found it harder or I actually found that I did not understand how to socialize, like the social language of Americans. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I feel like that ties so much into what you're saying because I don't think I could say where I understand the social language more, like here or in the U.S. Yeah. I mean, I think I by now here. It. But yeah, I, I found it incredibly hard to understand like the the norms and the expectations of how I was supposed to act and what certain things meant. Yeah. From an American perspective. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like when I was interacting with Americans, it was so, I think that was a bit of a slap in the face for me because I was like, okay, I, I feel, I know this country, I know this culture. And then I moved there and I felt like some degree of alienation just from the fact that I couldn't understand what it meant if someone said like, oh, we should totally grab a coffee sometime. And I didn't understand, does that mean we're going to grab a coffee or does that mean you think I'm cool, but we're never going to see each other again? And I think maybe in general, um, there's... I don't know if that's a good example, but I know what you're getting at. Yeah, Yeah. okay, this is sure. And that's why... It's more subtle. It's like this interaction, like this being together and and speaking to each other. Like that's a really... The way, the the language within the language. Exactly. The, oh, this is what I'm, my new class implicature pragmatics <laughs> just throw some jargon out there. <laughs> no but exactly like what is what is meant without being said yeah the yeah innuendo isn't innuendo always sexual no no it can be non-sexual platonic <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right no i agree and that's why i think there's this tck I don't really like the word TCK. I think it sounds like some off-brand TJ Maxx. Or, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this IB connection, whatever, mm. whatever you want to call it, TCK, whatever, th- that draws me in in a way that a full American or a full German or a full anything really would not. Yeah. Like I kind of find refuge in people like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Here's a question. If you had moved to Minneapolis for your last, say, two years of high school, do you think you would have gone to college in America? I honestly think I would have gone to college in Germany. I, I, w- I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. Just because then you kind of miss the other other. Yeah. And you can't really resonate or you find it hard to find an anchor with the people there just because you've now spent such a big part of your life in another country. And, uh, it makes you miss, I mean, the grass is always greener, I guess, but it makes you miss the other side. And, uh, I think I would have in those two years re discovered my connection to German culture, German language, German people in a way that would make me yearn for it and come back to Berlin for the two years. And in a way that you never had to do while you were still here. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. I think all the the cool things about Berlin that people see that I feel like I don't see so much anymore because I'm have this routine and this like semi bland like day to day here, which also involves like shitty things like being on the S bahn for you know forty minutes. Um, all of those things get amplified when you're not in Berlin because there are really many like cool aspects or just alone like the amount of culture that's at your fingertips like the amount of different kinds of people you don't get that i mean you get that in a lot of big cities i guess but I, there is something unique you know yeah no big agree there i felt that on the way when i like i got off on the like on the s-bahn coming from the airport here it was just like the people on the subway were like super cool and i was thinking how you would react to them and i feel like you like you can see through their coolness and you know what's at the like the root of that and you can understand the flaws of whatever the cool Berlin guy archetype is. But I still think like I, I can't see through that yet. So I, I still genuinely think they're just much cooler than like some someone I would see in America where I can like see exactly what where where like a guy in the subway in Boston comes from and what his story is and why he is dressed the way he is. Yeah. I wanna agree and I wanna disagree. Are you feeling the same way? I can mm. kind of see in your laughter that you didn't really know what Adrian meant or that you I, like, I was having like some thoughts during the... Uh, my thoughts, yeah. if I can interject, no, go for it. are that I think you're kind of putting our Berlinic eyes on a pedestal in a ways that you, like you are saying, like, oh, you guys have lived here for so long. You kind of get, you can see things that I don't. You can see through people in a way that I can't. When really we're seeing the same things with just a little more context to them. Because a little more cynicism. So a little more cynicism, <laughs> sure, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. But, but I no, but I think maybe like I agree more to what he was saying than maybe you agree. Uh, you disagree. Wait, I'm getting my tongue twisted. Anyway, I agree mm. to an extent, in the sense that like, I guess yeah. If you spent enough time here, met enough different kinds of people, people that maybe you thought looked super fucking cool, and then you talk to them, and you're like, Jesus, like you have a pee for a brain or whatever. <laughs> Um, <laughs> or, you know, whatever, not that that's the defining factor in coolness, but, um, it's also like very easy to jump into the, what, what do I have to look like to be considered cool? Like wanting to be that thing. That they also say. all look the same. That's yeah. true. Like stand in line to be kind like it's no one's there, like super fucking unique. Everyone looks the fucking same. And mm. to us. But I wasn't even thinking to, of that. To who? To, to everyone just looks the no, same objectively. This is what it is. It's you come to a place with an idea in your head with this rose-colored glasses, mm -hmm, essentially. Mm -hmm. So when you look at the line outside of Backhine or whatever, you see it through the perspective of, oh, it isn't like this where I'm from. Now I'm in Berlin, the city of dreams. It's like, what's that musical... Uh, Chicago or something like that? Or maybe it takes place in New York. Where what's the, that story? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> where, uh, I don't know. It's maybe it's like a Barbara Streisand thing. I don't know. What am I thinking of? But the person is like rain. super enamored with the city. Oh, I know like, this. Like it's New York, the city of dreams or whatever. I mean like every yes, other movie, but <laughs> that's what people have when they come here. Mm -hmm. And so they see people on the street, even if it's like a, an old man with his dog and a newspaper in the hand. It's like, oh my God, that's the old man so, with a newspaper in no. the hand and the dog. You know, the one that I was picturing when I was living in Nebraska or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. 
why does Nebraska always get the hate? You know, like why is Nebraska <laughs> the, the state that is like the, the uncoolest place in the world? You're, you're, I don't know. You tell us. You're the one perpetrating the hate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I think it's easy to just say those people aren't cool or they all look the same or whatever. Because for certain people, and this is going to sound incredibly demeaning, but the same way that when I go to Tokyo, for example, and I stand there and I'm going, you're like, oh my God, it's all these Japanese people going to work. (laughs) It's the same in a sense. So I don't think you can fault it. Yeah. I feel like it's almost just a positive impulse of like enjoying people who are different than you. Yeah. yeah. When when I was talking about the subway, I was really thinking of like two middle-aged Turkish guys who were drinking on the subway. Just because I think that's more interesting than anything I would have seen. No, I agree. And I wasn't like bad on guys. Oh, okay, yeah. I can translate that to being in Boston and seeing people. But yeah, like nerds being like, reading or something. Whoa, mm-hmm. so cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Such interesting people. Yeah. I love that everyone on the subway in Boston is nerds reading. <laughs> yeah, That's it's the cr- feeling of it, It's kind of crazy. Like, I, I don't write it that often, but it's like everyone either like, – people do read books, which is kind of cool, and I appreciate that it's not just everyone on their phone. But mm. pe- like, people don't interact at all. It's just phones and books. Kind of a strange thing. But, yeah, but I feel like same. that's kind of everywhere. Yeah. yeah, even in Cairo on the subway. No, it was a bit more interaction, but there's um, super unrelated. But there's female-only cars on the mm. subway in Cairo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, in um, Tokyo. Yeah. Ah, uh, interesting. There's like this big anti-groping effort right now. Yeah, this is a serious problem, though. But yeah, mm. cool. Unrelated, but I want to toss out the word sapiosexual and just hear your thoughts. <laughs> Can you give me a little bit of a context? Um, <laughs> Leo said it to me, and I said, "I said I hate that word." It's so I accused Adrian of being a sapiosexual. I think it's so just pretentious. As a... Just what? A sapiosexual is someone who's attracted to intellectual people. Or oh, that's okay. Yeah, you had to define that mm, for me. I was okay. thinking, okay. Or it's like being attracted to smart. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, what do you want to toss out? The, the idea that you... someone can be attracted to like uh, not... smart or the word sapiosexual. That. Yeah. Mm. I feel like Nika can't share my cynicism right now because she just found out what it was. Yeah. Because yeah. now I can't. Like, but I also think that sap- yeah. no yeah, one is yeah, truly yeah. a sapiosexual. I don't think it's like a thing. Wait, isn't everyone really well, attracted to? Isn't this what? what no, does well, this yes. go back to what I was freaking out about yesterday? That like I feel like it's more complicated who you get attracted to. Yeah, kind of. But I think that no one is really a sapiosexual. People call themselves a sapiosexual oh, to so be perceived though. as more uh, interesting and smart by other people. Huge, yeah. yeah. Do you agree? Mostly because no one will understand what they're right. saying. Yeah. I'm a sapiosexual, guys. I, I thought it would be like uh, attracted to all humans or something. Um, what is that? Yeah, the Homo sapiens is like the smart man. Oh, that, that that's why the sapien. Yeah, sapien. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. okay, gotcha. No, but no, what is it called to be attracted to everyone? Oh, pansexual. Pan, pansexual. Okay, no, but I, I didn't mean that so much. But there's probably another like niche but thing. But that's like, also oh, like I'm attracted to. I'm attracted to uh, humans. Like all <laughs> seven billion people is what I mean. You know? Yeah, yeah. To <laughs> that would include children, though. Well, I'm sure there's a word for that too. <laughs> we can invent it. We can go back in the ancient Greek dictionaries. And there's the a word for being sexually attracted to adults. 
as as like the uh, yeah, the there offset should be. to the sexuality. Well, I thought the, the, the offset pedophilia. to pedophilia is no, it's like it's like heophilia or something like that. Sexual <laughs> attraction to adults, <laughs> but not to like old adults because that's another niche. Mm. Like being attracted to elderly people. Yeah, there's a film about. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Mm. Super interesting. There's maybe this was a vice thing, which makes it a lot less interesting. <laughs> but <laughs> losing clout by the <laughs> immediate like uh, they were talking about how there is a campaign in Germany that not a lot of other places are doing that address pedophilia as an actual mental illness. And mm. the mm-hmm. ad is something mm-hmm. like I've seen it. yeah, you see a guy in an elevator, but only from the uh, like shoulders up, so it's just his face essentially. And the elevator dings and something, a person walks in and you can hear his heart like start to pound faster. And like he's looking away and uh, this goes on for 10 seconds or something like that. And then in a classic shot, you uh-huh. see like the ground floor, the elevator opens and a kid walks out and then the screen goes black and it says attracted to something you shouldn't be call this or something. Yeah. yeah. And how that is such a, uh, people here address it as an actual issue that uh, should be addressed in a humane way, whereas in other places it's just you think this way, uh, damn you're you, evil like you're or an something. evil person, yeah. when it's really like the something that people can't you. turn off, yeah. essentially. It, that makes sense. I feel yeah. like stigmatizing something and making it forbidden and making it illegal and taboo never really makes it go mm. away. Especially because it's it, it does it, it is a, there is a certain danger to children who are like vulnerable and expectation is that society protects them so this is seems like a very legitimate way to protect mm-hmm. children yeah, I, I, it seems like an american thought in my brain but i, I think the discourse would be how dare you even show sympathy to these yeah, people mm-hmm. exactly we must mm-hmm. condemn them because they're evil to even talk about it would be to support them yeah which i don't agree with but i feel like i can really easily imagine that response yeah but it, uh, yeah i feel like that translates to like prostitution and like drug addiction and all these things that are stigmatized like we have Alcoholism. to like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to go like a one eighty and approach it from the sense of also like people. It's not necessarily in their control, and we are able to protect, or like, yeah, pr- for example, protect children if we um, acknowledge it in this kind of a way and give people help. Like also with needle exchanges, you know, for mm-hmm. like, yeah, the harm reduction. Yeah, 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 yeah. Goes on all those lines. Where did you, where did that come from? The pedophilia, like. Vice. No, <laughs> this was the Vice article. Oh, where, like, why from, did no, I bring yeah, that up? Yeah, because yeah. we were talking about pedo- pedophilia and heliophilia oh. and being attracted to adults. Well, heliophilia a, sounds like you might be attracted to the sun. It's not helio. <laughs> it's it's I, some, like, Greek word I can't okay. pronounce. I actually remembered something that I wanted to talk to you guys about. Go ahead. Um, Do you want to pour some more tea before? Yes. Yes. And I'm also not sure I can get it together like super succinctly, but I, I'll try my best. (laughs) (laughs) Where is it? Yes, please. Thank you. How about tea clutch? (laughs) Tea clutch. I think Klatch needs to Klatch is the, Klatch needs to get uh, out. the dangerous it's not, word. It's not the beverage that <laughs> changed. Also, doesn't Tia and coffee have this weird isn't that a thing now? Like a colloquial like youth thing about like like tea is like gossip or like dragging something. Oh yeah. Like, Interesting that how that's changed, right? I don't Because you used to associate that with coffee. The gossip. 
I, no, no, I didn't like, associate not, it with anything. No, no, like I was no coffee food. clutch was it in itself something that you did over coffee. But tea on its own, you're saying is like Isn't a synonym for gossip. Yeah. I think so. It yeah. is. In like the the, youth, the cool kids. The youth culture. I, I don't know if that's Instagram. Cool... <laughs> okay, the kids. Whatever. I feel like what cool we should not. we shouldn't be we have no authority to speak on this whatsoever. Um, okay, let me try and get my thing together. So I was thinking about because we, we were talking a lot about like emotional hmm? No, I was just thinking, what if that's like a ploy by tea companies? Like <laughs> Nestle or something to get they'll be studying that in IB like ten years from now. Yeah, that's true. All right. Sorry, <laughs> no, it's okay. Um so cause we've been talking a lot about emotional honesty and sharing and also you guys have both been like um there for me in some ways. Like I feel like I've had a lot of space within our friendship to be emotionally honest about things that I've been going through. And then I, and then I had this thought about the difference between like, you know, having an emotional outbreak, then getting to the point where you've semi rationalized it and then going to your friends and explaining it and seeking comfort versus the like, um, real vulnerability not that that's not vulnerable but the next level of vulnerability where you expose yourself in your most emotional state mm. to people you know like at the risk of being a crazy person because your emotions are chaotic and don't have any sense to them right right um and i just wanted to i guess like inject that thought into your heads because it's something you guys have been thinking about and um it again ties a lot into like my experience with my social circle and how I how I know how I I take the responsibility in my friendships to be someone that's there if that needs to happen you know mm. like this you know to be a source of calm and strength and at the same time know that I also have that and can take that space if I need to um yeah I, I think yeah. that's a, it's a cool thing in this, like you need really strong friends who can do that and not who can kind of accept your feelings even when they're ridiculous like this this was a thing for me mm. when I first started going to therapy I wouldn't allow myself to feel a thing that is unreasonable like if Leo does something accidentally that's just totally out of his control I would say well it's not okay of me to feel annoyed towards him because he, he didn't mm. want to do it you know yeah but there is probably still some kind of like gut level reaction and maybe to express it is better, even yeah. if it's unreasonable. I don't, I don't know if that's the direction you're going in. No, that resonates so much. It's like acknowledging that there's a rational and an irrational side to your brain and all of your irrational emotions um, are so valid. And at the same time, then knowing that if you do go to Leo, he he understands that. So that when you come to him saying, yo, I felt these things for him, he's not going to take it personally, but he's going to be able to say like, I know that that's your irrational brain. And I know that rationally. Yeah. Like to separate those. Two. I do that a lot. Separating like these like raw emotional reactions and then how I really feel about them, I guess. Yeah. I feel like this is a thing where like stereotypically, this is what guys would make fun of girls for of like yeah. validating each other's irrational feelings that don't have any sense to them. But as soon as you name them irrational, they have no more power. They just, you just give them a space just to process them. Yeah. Like they, they, they don't, it's like with the, with a party, you know, 
mm-hmm. when I ended up telling you that I felt like that I had an emotional reaction. Um, I don't know if you told Adrian. Is this Linus's party? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I had but some sort of before. a. This was a couple days before. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Where I had this reaction, like I felt like. Um, like some sort of this, um, I can relate it to being like a ninth grade and feeling betrayed by your girlfriends kind mm-hmm. of thing. And it was nothing that I rationally believed, but it was something that came up and I yeah. told, I told Paolo about it. And um, it was an interesting interaction because I, you also texted me a couple of days later, like it seemed to have really kind of affected you. Yeah, it did. Well, I, in the moment I, I have to say I didn't understand it. Yeah. And it took a little bit of time to try and put myself in your shoes. Well, this is just such a, I mean, this is, it sounds ridiculous, right? But I, I needed some time to empathize, right? I mean, that just goes without sure. saying, but yeah, I, I don't know. And when you started with that, I did kind of, I didn't get it. I didn't think that you were crazy for suggesting it, but it definitely seemed like something that came out of left field (laughs) and that I didn't really feel responsible for. No, but that's good. Like you should never, you shouldn't feel that that's that you're responsible more. Well, maybe responsible is the wrong word, but I didn't really feel angesprochen. Uh huh. Even though you did mean me. Yeah. And to just let that crystallize into really trying to like, see through that and see where that was coming from was something that needed some time and it did kind of affect me but that's also just because i value your mental health make this makes this sound a little clinical but i put your well-being uh it's important to me to know that you are comfortable with things that i do that you are standing in relation to. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so if someone else had said that to me, I probably wouldn't have even tried to really uh, understand it just because I kind of would reject this thinking, oh, I don't see where they're coming from and I won't. So I'll put that to the side. But I think it has to do with our relationship and uh, the way that I want our you know, unsaid and spoken discourse to continue that I try to uh, do it differently. That was like a long way of saying that I think uh, it's because of who you are and our friendship, our dynamic, that I decided to kind of see it from your perspective. And it was very healthy and it's not something I do very much. To be honest, <laughs> it, no, it was. It came out of the blue for me because I did. It was kind of a trivial thing for me, knowing that it's an irrational reaction, and that it was, it, it, I communicated it, but it wasn't that big of a thing. But then the fact that you came to me like a day or two later and communicated to me like this has been on my mind, yeah, and I want you to know that I've reflected and like even the, alone the fact that it continued to like be on your mind mm. was. Um, I also think that the circumstances when you told me that were kind of unusual, there was a third person in the room. You kind of sprung it on me. Uh, 
we were in my house with my parents and like down the hall, you know, no. so it was, there was a lot going on. So I think that just because all senses were kind of under uh, stress, it was just good to remove that, the idea of that conversation in a place where it could kind of simmer a little bit. And that's, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. It, it, you and I sense. talked about this a little bit. Mm -hmm. You text me about it, and I, I was thinking it was like it's a cool way of you taking care of yourself because you're like essentially this is my anxiety that you guys are gonna go and like leave and be on this side when I'm on that side. Right. And you basically told him to like tell you that's not the case. Yeah. I, yeah. I think no, you're you actually straight right. up asked almost did it yeah okay so then this is me yeah this happen. is yeah. me having learned like or maybe, maybe communication asked, but you you presented the idea of it and then i answered in a way that wasn't satisfactory to you and then it was almost like you made me say it as if i was then contractually right. obliged not to but it was also just reassuring that it was well not I, something I, to worry about i think i communicated to you what i needed you to say yes, yeah. and i think that's so interesting that i've learned is like sometimes even if you know something and you know the other person knows, sometimes you need it said. Yeah. Like you need to hear the words. You need that reaffirmed. Mm. Even if you're asking for someone else to say it and they just say it back to you, alone that like carries enough weight to reassure you. And I think you're absolutely right in saying that like I was, yeah, I had, I, I guess I did really have some anxiety. I didn't want to give it a lot of space because it was completely irrational and, also felt like um not fair to you guys in a way but in the end those things are so um trivial because it doesn't like it has no power mm -hmm. it, i think it would have been unfair if you had asked us don't go to the party because i feel this way right but you didn't ask that you just said i feel this way can you tell me that this won't happen and, and leo was like sure yeah, pretty much. And it, for me, it never came from a serious place, like, or else I would have sat you down and had us, like, yeah. taken the space. But it was never even like that. Mm, excuse me. Okay. to start. Yeah. <laughs> Got the stretching out of the way. <laughs> so honest. <laughs> um, so Nika, thoughts? Podcast. Podcast thoughts? Um... I really, I feel like we created a really nice little space on my bed today. I'm really, like, um, tickled by tickled. this experience. Tickled pink. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think there's more to discuss, but I like the format, and I like that we had the chance to kind of go places without... And how do you feel to now be on the podcast after listening to two, three episodes and kind of... I mean, not to say that you were critical of the way that we did it, but you did have points of betterment or little ideas for the future. And how has that changed now that you have been part of it or has it? Um, oh, I think I differentiate so much between myself. Like, I'm probably not even going to listen to this because okay. it's going to give me like mad. Yeah, like, oh. <laughs> yeah, you really have to get used to listening to your own voice, yeah, which is still strange. Though. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. Um, no, I, I feel like it's like an evolving organism situation and mm. whatever happens, like, especially in the beginning, every step is like a new thing. So I feel like we, 
went for a new thing today and the next episode is gonna be mm-hmm. totally different probably yeah. i don't know how you guys yeah I, I told leo this i mean you know maybe it's gonna take 20 episodes before right. we really figure out what we're doing right. but i enjoy what we're doing currently and it's fun to to do it and to get other people's thoughts mm-hmm. yeah that seems legit that's been the best part for me so far yeah. getting I mean, other the conversations are great yeah. but to yeah, get other people's thoughts, people that I don't know, people that you don't know, mm. chiming in on what they thought of it. And it's been overwhelmingly positive, I'd say. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I did have one thought, which is for the future, that um, I realized we're all very much in the same like niche of mm. perspectives. And I feel like I would pose to you guys the responsibility. I don't it's not correct English, but whatever, to um, remember that and maybe make an effort in the future to have like-minded people. Yeah. Or also just more diverse backgrounds or like Mm. make a bit more of an effort to not more in comparison to now, but just in general. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I hear that. I was thinking about trying to get my barber on and it'll never happen. I don't think he would record a podcast, but he's this like old Boston guy who like worked as an oil driller and is like buff and has Dude, all these. Dude, you should tech- totally have this guy on. Are you kidding? But he's just too traditional. I don't know, man. You should know. You gotta. Well, now should we? <laughs> <laughs> now we're just going off in places, but <laughs> we'll wrap it up. In a second. Um, <laughs> no, are you kidding? Because. You can you can pose it like we just have some questions. Can we? Yeah, exactly. But you I know, don't like- want this to be some kind of like college class interview format what was it like growing right. up in boston thing right like how emotionally honest are you going to be with your barber i would hope very much so but i think it's like surface level emotional honesty yeah. it's- i mean i think it's also a skill that you cultivate to to get through to different kinds of people and like try and get on their level in order for them to communicate with you and yeah. be a challenge um I also feel like barbers tell the same stories over and over. Mm. So I would just get this polished narrative. It's like getting a bartender on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Don't they just listen? No, this this dude tells his life story to every customer. Oh, he does? And it was like a good, it takes a really long time. It's like an hour haircut and he gives you the full story. And I've done it like twice. And you've gotten the same story? Um, Pretty much, you know, emphasize different things. I like, it feels very like um, he's taking charge of the barbershop cliche situation he's like i'm not gonna hear your shit (laughs) you're gonna listen to my story again and again really i I I don't think i've ever talked to my barber that's just like a weird german thing american barbershops are they don't talk to you in the germ one haircut i got in germany they cut my hair and i sat in silence and they didn't want to talk. oh in germany i feel like they always talk to you no way is this like a salon women's thing but i also think that we go to a very like manly barbershop (laughs) but maybe not though it was like this like non-traditional because it's like Guys, all I really have to go to work. <laughs> all right, yeah. <laughs> and walk off the podcast. Yeah, peace. Um, out. Right, so <laughs> terrible. Let's come back. <laughs>